Amen. Thank you, Connie. If you will open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. You know, we started a brand new church year, and so today we're going to talk about finding new strength. You ever need to find some fresh strength? How many of you have ever uh, messed up? Any of you ever gotten tired? Man, it happens to everybody, doesn't it? Have you ever seen a blessing come out of something that was bad? You know, all of us have, have done that. How many of you have ever used ivory soap? You remember ivory soap? What is ivory soap known for, those little bars? What does it do? It floats, that's right. And it's 99 and 44 100% pure. But it wasn't always like that. It was just another brand. It's famous now, but it was just another brand for a while. But one guy, a guy, one day a foreman went off to lunch and forgot that the soap was cooking. And he left it cooking. And he didn't want to tell anybody because he didn't want to lose his job. And so he just packed it up and shipped it. Well, people got it and it cleaned the same, but it floated. And they were fascinated with it. So they began to get these orders. They just deluged the plant. And from then on, he got together with a chemist and they said, how'd you do that? We want to do what you did. And so that's the way ivory soap became famous and, and one of the best sellers of all time. It's amazing how God can take our weaknesses and bring strength, our blunders and, and bring blessings out of those things. So that's what we talk about this morning. Uh, it speaks of, of God's grace and power in these verses and it relates to us because you know, a lot of times in our foolishness, we don't believe that God sees us. But when God shows us his faithfulness, then we can, we can live a life of fruitfulness, okay? So let's look at those three things as we kind of walk through this together um, and find some new strength today. Isaiah chapter 40 and beginning with verse 27. It just talks about the foolishness or the ignorance or the... Uh, the way that sometimes we think about God. Where is he? Do you ever think about that? God, where'd you go? I'm in trouble here. The people are in captivity in Isaiah. Now, they're, they're about to turn a corner. and They're about to be released from captivity. And God's going to give them a, a brand new start, a brand new opportunity. But they've been wondering about where is he and what's he up to. So in verse 27, he says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and assert, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? And the justice due me escapes the notice of my God. You ever feel that way? God, here I am. Why don't you see me? I'm going through a difficult time. Where are you? I'm hidden from God. But the answer is, do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. You and I become weary and tired. and You and I forget things, but God does not. But listen to what the people say. Their, their foolishness is characterized by saying, Why do you say, do you not know? The, the people said that God had forsaken them. He had forgotten about them. And the prophet reproves them. He responds to them. He says, the creator and the sustainer of the earth never goes to sleep. He doesn't ever forget. He always remembers. He knows where you are. Do you ever wonder if God knew where you were and you were going through a difficult or dark time? Lord, do you know where I am? Do you know what I'm going through? It's not unusual. You see it in the scripture. You see it in the life of David. It happens a lot. They were in captivity. They were under, they were under the yoke of another nation. and They were being oppressed. It was a very difficult time for them. And so you can understand how they felt abandoned and how God wasn't working with them. 
most of us feel that way, and, and we are uh, at one time or another, and we're all in a captivity to something one time or another. I don't know what your captivity is. I know that our initial captivity is the captivity to sin. We're all captives to our sin. We're all slaves of that until Jesus comes and sets us free. There's, there's only one way to come out of the bondage of sin, and that is to be set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, he gives us the key to escape the bondage of sin. That is the first and most important bondage or captivity we need to be released from. And so if you've never been released from that bondage, that captivity, that can happen today. As a matter of fact, the Bible says, Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall be delivered, shall be set free from their captivity. That if you would simply turn from your sin and trust in Christ, that he would give you freedom that you could know that your sins were forgiven and you don't ever have to live in captivity ever again. Now, there is a, a captivity that happens here, but the scripture says there's a captivity that happens forever and ever and ever. The Bible says that one of these days, God is going to take Satan, who's the father of lies, and the tempter who has ruined our world and who, has, who is trying to take everyone he can with him to a place called hell. The Bible says that hell is prepared for the devil and his angels. It wasn't prepared for you or me. It was prepared for him and his angels. But for those who are never released from their captivity. They're going to be thrown into the lake of fire. And that is going to be the ultimate captivity. Because from that captivity you can never return. You can never escape. And so Jesus came to set us free from eternal captivity. But beyond that even when we become Christians. We still struggle with things don't we? We struggle with things that can hold us captive. Or get a hold of us. And sometimes we wonder, even when we cry out to God, we wonder where he is and what's going on and why he doesn't do something about it. And so they were in captivity. But the scripture says in Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? Is there anywhere you can go where God is not there? Well, of course not. God is always there. But sometimes we wonder. Sometimes we have our doubts and our fears. And it's normal. So he says, haven't you heard haven't you been taught? You know, and, and these, were, these were Hebrew people, and of course they had been taught. They, they knew about God and what His design was for their lives, and yet they had chosen to ignore that. Our God doesn't grow weary. He doesn't go to sleep. And His understanding is beyond our understanding. As Natalie said, it's, it's unfathomable. He, he knows you. You know, the great thing about God is He knows you, and He knows me, and He knows our secret thoughts and even the deepest, darkest recesses of our hearts and our lives, and He loves us anyway. Isn't that the best thing about God? He keeps loving us even in our darkness, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, that He continues to love and want to bring us along, and He is not going to go to sleep on us. So before we ask God, where are you, we have to remember that He's there. Sometimes you feel like this guy I, talk, I heard about that he joined the army, and... Uh, Actually, he didn't join. He was drafted into the army, and he wrote a, a letter home. And this is what the letter said. He says, folks, I've just been in the army a week, and I'm already in trouble. I don't know what happened. You can't imagine how difficult this is. We're completely depersonalized here. We don't even have a name anymore. We just have a number. My number is 143. That's the only way I'm addressed, number 143. Whenever anyone says 143, I'm supposed to reply because that's who I am. Uh, they've been getting 
they've been getting us up at 5.30 every morning, making us do calisthenics before the long, hard day starts and working us long into the night. And then we drag into bed and suddenly it's 5.30 again. and, And I thought if I could just make it till Sunday, I'd be able to get some sleep. Well, they didn't get us up at 5.30 on Sunday. They got us up at 5. <laughs> and they marched us to church. You know I don't go to church, he wrote to his family. I didn't know what they do in church. A man got up there with a book and said, Number 143, are you weary? Are you heavy laden? And I stood up and said, You better believe it, mister, and you're the first guy that's asked me. Nobody knew, nobody cared. Finally, somebody cared. That's how we feel about God sometimes. But he says, don't worry, I see. I know, and, and I'll get to you. It'll, it'll be all right. So he talks about the foolishness of man. You know, sometimes we think we're hidden from God. But secondly, he talks about the faithfulness of God. Look at verse 29, Isaiah chapter 40. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly. Even young people get tired. He gives strength to the weary. Trusting him for strength is important. You remember the story of Samson? Now, Samson blew it, didn't he? I mean, Samson really had it made. God had made him so strong. And yet, Samson was like a lot of guys... Throughout history, he got Twitter-pated by a girl. And boy, did she ever bring him down. It was bad, right? And he wouldn't tell her what the secret to his strength was. And then, of course, finally he gave in because who could resist the look in her eye? I mean, anyway. So finally, of course, She cuts off his hair, but it really wasn't about the hair. It was about trusting God and doing what God told him to do. And he violated that. And so he winds up with his eyes gouged out. And he's just being made sport of by by the Philistines. Do you remember what happened at the very last part of his life? He knew he'd been wrong. And he knew that, that God had allowed him to go through this because of his disobedience. But he stood there between those pillars, the strongest man in the world who had been reduced to nothing, just a blind man who they made fun of. And he asked God, God, would you just please, one more time, give me strength. And God gave him the strength. You know the story. He pushed the pillars aside and he slew more Philistines in his death than he did in his life. So sometimes we feel like we've been tremendous failures And you say, well, that's not a happy ending. He died. Yeah, he did die, but he died with God's grace, didn't he? See, he learned, he had to really hit rock bottom before he looked up and said, you know, there's nothing, there's no place else to go, there's nothing else to do, so I'm going to cry out to God one more time. And the very fact that God heard his prayer is a testimony to God's faithfulness and grace, isn't it? And how he, he even blessed him even in his death and took care of him. You can't go too far for God to get away from God. You, you can't do anything too bad that God wouldn't love you and care for you if you, don't, if you would just call out to Him. He cares for you. Think about David and all the times and, 
facing the giant that he faced and then the times that he sinned and he blew it and then God forgave him and strengthened him again and the ups and downs of his life, he understood the faithfulness of God. And think about, think about uh, Peter and James and John. You remember what Jesus said to them? He was trying so hard to get them to pray with him and he came back and they were asleep and he came back and they were asleep and he came back and they were asleep and he said, couldn't you just pray with me for an hour? And they were asleep. And you remember what he said to them? The spirit is willing, but what? The flesh is weak. Is that true? Oh, yeah. It's absolutely true. Why, even the great apostle Paul cries out to God, God, I've got this terrible thorn in my flesh. Take it away. Take it away. Take it away. And God says, I'm not going to take it away. You're going to go through suffering and pain and I'm going to give you that so you will continue to remember that you're dependent upon me. For my grace is sufficient for you and my power is perfected in your weakness. Have you been there? Most of us have at one time or another. We, we come to the end of ourselves. We, we know that God is not going to take it away. We, we just got to deal with it. But he promises, I'll give you grace. And I will strengthen you. And you will understand that the power in your life, that you are but a clay pot, an earthen vessel, but I will give power and beauty inside of that clay pot, that earthen vessel, so that you may continue to understand and know and proclaim that the surpassing power and the riches are from me and not from yourself. God is always teaching us that, isn't he? It's really an amazing lesson to learn. And so he talks about here the foolishness of men and then the faithfulness of God. And I'm so grateful, I know you are, that God is faithful. Even when we doubt him, even when we blow it, he keeps saying, my grace is sufficient, my grace is sufficient. And then finally, he talks about how you can again be fruitful, how you can find that renewal in your life. And that last verse it's one of the most famous verses in the Bible. Yet those who wait, those who hope and those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Can you imagine on the day, on the day that it was the day to be released, the day that it was the day to leave that captivity, the joy that was in their hearts. That they would soar. <laughs> they would soar out of that place on wings like eagles. They would run and they were so full of anticipation and excitement that even running didn't make them weary. But one day they would get to that land and they would walk day by day by day with God. And they would learn to trust in Him. And isn't that the ultimate goal? Isn't most of life walking? I mean, how many days do we spend soaring? Ah, there, there are those days, and they're wonderful. There are, there are times of soaring and, and letting that air carry you, and there are times of running and not being weary because there's a sense of fulfillment in life. They, they who wait upon the Lord, um, the word wait there, it doesn't mean wait around and twiddle your thumbs. It means as you're walking, as you're going through life, He will renew you if you will trust in Him. On Monday, I went up to Bowie, Texas. Y'all know where Bowie, Texas is? Probably taken vacation there before. But anyway, went up to Bowie. I had to put on a tin roof. 
the storm had come and blown off part of the roof on an old building up there that my parents own. And so me being a professional roofer decided that I would go. Fortunately, I had my nephew to help me. I was going up and down that ladder and climbing on that roof and my legs were hurting. I was getting dizzy. I thought I was going to fall off the roof. And I'm thinking, you crazy old dude, what are you doing up here? But finally, finally, you know, it gets toward the end of the day. We'd been out there early morning. We got through about 7.30 that night, taking the old one off and putting the new one on and got it all done. But I tell you, I didn't think I could take another step. But when we got it all done and I looked out on it, suddenly I had this fresh energy. It just felt good to get something done. Now, I was really sore like crazy the rest of the week. But there was a sense of fulfillment in that. And there was a fresh sense of strength there. And I think that's something akin to what he's talking about here. I want to finish with a little story uh, that I got from uh, Dr. Frank Pollard. He was a pastor for many years, a preacher of the Baptist Hour. But I, I just always love to hear him speak. And I, I want to share this with you. He says, life is lived mostly at a walk. Isn't that true? There truly are times when life involves high flights of soaring faith, times when we have to run hard. God's strength is there to help us get above or past these challenges, but mostly we walk. If you live, if you live life well, you've got to walk the walk. Life is won or lost at a walk. One author whose words have outlived his credit for having said them declared, Life is not lost by dying. Life is lost minute by minute, day by dragging day, in all our thousand small and caring ways. The honor student doesn't come to test time and suddenly she's a genius. She spent hours in mental effort studying and thinking. She's ready. The victory was won in the walk, day by day. The musician doesn't show up at Carnegie Hall and say, Hey, I've always wanted to play here. Behind that desire are years of daily study and practice and practice and practice until the musician and instrument are won. The victory is won and kept in the unseen work of daily routine. And what about the matter of physical health? If someone has unusually good health, endurance and body strength, be it the basketball star or the famous ballerina, their times in the public eye are simply the products of their day-by-day -day discipline. The basketball star says, I drained a shot from 30 feet and won the game. A guy in the stand says, you're a lucky bum. The basketball player replies, yeah, I was lucky because I made that shot 75 times in practice yesterday. In the matter of being real, in the matter of being the real you, your spirit, your life, the Bible calls it your soul, that that you that will never stop living, the everlasting you, the you that connects with God the Father, that spiritual and real you must be developed daily. Life's largest lie is that matters of faith and spirit are only for the unusual. Life's largest failure is to keep your faith and relationship to God boxed and stored away like the good silverware in the fine china, waiting for the big event. The secret of healthy and successful life, mind, body, success, and soul is in our daily walk. Life is lived at a walk. So it follows that life can be lost at a walk. Think about it. You can lose your life in a walk. You can lose your relationship and all that's important with you. 
just one one extra lustful look, one extra click on a mouse to find something on the computer that you know God doesn't want you there, but it can suck you in. Things that seem so harmless to begin with and yet can snowball and it becomes a daily habit and a daily thing and then it overwhelms you and life is ruined because you didn't have discipline to walk daily with the Savior. Do you ever think about how important just that daily step-by-step is? It's really pretty incredible. They that hope in the Lord, they that wait, it means to confidently trust Him, confidently trust Christ to save you, confidently trust God to provide for your need, even strength for crisis in every day. Hope means to confidently seek Him knowing that there is reward in that. And do you believe that? Do you believe there's a reward in seeking God? The Bible says there is. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those who come to God must believe that He is. And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I believe that with all my heart. Because I've just seen it too many times. And even in the deepest of valleys, there was someone to hold us up. And so this last paragraph, and then we're going to finish. Jesus stood by a busy road one day. He saw burdened, weary people. Some were coming in from a hard day's work fishing, uh, for hard day's work in the fields, and others were heading out for a long and hard night's work fishing. But they weren't tired from work. They were tired from life, oppressive, hopeless life. He read their hearts, that is Jesus. He read their hearts just like he reads ours. He called out to them just as he calls out to us. And these were his words. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Learn to live day by day with me and you will find life is easier. Yoke up with me. Let's face life's pull together and you will find the burden much lighter. How do I know that? Because I know that I've often thought foolishly that God didn't see me, but I know He does. Because I've often seen His faithfulness even when I've blown it. And because I know that I know that I know that He wants me to find renewed strength. For they that wait upon the Lord with anticipation will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk daily and not faint and never give up because God will grant to us the fruitfulness that we all long for. Amen? And let's stand together as we pray.